2: Hello there, it's me, Rob Black, biggity-biggity-back, once again for another show dedicated to getting you to retirement. Trying to give you ideas on growth ideas, trying to give you some value plays. Getting you to retirement is the name of the game for the show. Something hit me when I was a child that said, I don't want to work till the day I die. When I was 18 years old... I looked at my dad with contempt and hatred. He was an alcoholic who had raised a kid who ultimately, the only way I could like, be my own person was to defy him. And as a kid, all you want to be is your own person. You want maybe a girlfriend. Maybe you want purple hair. Maybe you want a piercing. Something to piss off the dad. So this show's dedicated to retirement because when I was 18, I was like, I don't want to be like you and work when I'm 60. My dad died at 58, but you get the idea. I wanted to have a plan. I wanted to like have a good life and show him. My goal when I was 18 years old was to turn 35 and be married to. I didn't even think I wanted to be married. I just wanted to be in love with a, a woman and live on the beach and sell apples and oranges to beachgoers. I know you're saying, that's very bizarre. That was my goal. I knew that if I had a million dollars in capital, I could probably live till the day I died. My goal was by age 35, find said beautiful, exotic woman. When I was 18, I probably didn't know the difference between the word erotic and exotic, so I might have said the wrong word. Whoops. Um. And tried to execute it by the time I was 35. I didn't want to work till the day I died. That was a big theme in my head. Don't work till the day you die. Don't work till the day you die. Don't work till the day you die. So I came up with an idea of a million dollars by 35. I got there. But that exotic, erotic woman turned into a wife who kicked out puppies, children. And my financial obligations changed. A million dollars wasn't going to be enough anymore. And she didn't want to retire on a beach with me. So that's always been my goal. But then sometimes your goals have to evolve and change, right? That's the goal of the show. And we can talk about it with U.S. elections. We can talk about it with Apple. Apple's gambling the future on the Mac on a chip design. They introduced an M1 chip and the first computers that will run on it, the MacBook Air, a 13-inch MacBook Pro, and a Mac Mini company back in June first announced its intention to move away from Intel, which Intel in the 80s and 90s could do no wrong. They were dominant in processors, CPUs. If you invested in Intel in the 80s and 90s, you made a poop ton of money. Not so much in the last 10 years. But they're still making money. They're still printing the presses. They're still knocking out their CPUs. But Apple took a first step in trying to upend that industry. What well, once was called the Wintel alliance between Windows, Microsoft, and Intel semiconductors, they dominated the PC world. Apple's trying to break away from Intel and exercise more freedom over the design, development, and launch cycle. I love that they called it the M1, because guess what's coming next year? The M2. And that, the M3. It's a lot like the history of the processor going from the 886 to the 386 to the 486 to the Pentium, Pentium 1, Pentium 2, Pentium 3, Pentium 4. Um, All major product cycles, all major contributors to Intel's revenue. But ARM-based Windows PCs like Microsoft Surface Pro, they get longer battery life, they get lightweight designs. They don't typically have the raw computing power necessary to do video editing per se, but they're still good chips. And most of us don't need the raw processing power. So if Apple's correct, new devices running on its M1 chip get the best of all worlds. MacBook Airs don't have any fans promising the quietest MacBook yet. The updated MacBook Pro is said to show big gains in battery life over the previous model. Apple says the M1 chip gives these machines, including the Mac Mini, better performance than its own Intel baseline or Windows PCs. If Apple's correct, there's an exciting future for product development. It's a big bet because Intel is the 800 pound gorilla. And very rarely do you take down the 800 pound gorilla. Gorillas f- fascinate me for the record. I could watch videos on gorillas like, and baby gorillas. I could watch them all day. But I'm digressing. So, this is a show dedicated to getting your retirement. And sometimes we talk about exciting things like Apple's new chips. And sometimes we talk about K shaped recoveries. I truly believe that the pandemic that has hit the world is going to be defined by the K shaped recovery. And to me, that's the haves and the have-nots. Forget the left line of the K and just focus on the two arms, one going down and one going up. And to me, you can talk about the labor market in the United States. You can talk about the financial markets. You can talk about any sector of the economy. And there's winners and losers. There's the K going up and the K going down. Few industries have been hit harder than uh, restaurants. Big national quick service chains like McDonald's have fared well. Stocks hitting near all-time highs, whereas local restaurants in my hometown, in your hometown, in Bruce Springsteen's hometown, in my hometown, the local restaurants are getting crushed. They've been closing en masse. COVID infections, government restrictions, reduced staff. I work in the morning, so I used to like taking kind of a late lunch. I'd call it early dinner. You'd call it late lunch and sit in at a restaurant having a chicken sandwich and some fries, sweet potato fries with a barbecue sauce. Like, I've missed those days. And I'd always support the local restaurant and the local bartender. Um, I don't sit at tables by myself. I dated a girl who once we lived in different cities. We moved to different, she moved to a different city and she would go to movie theaters by herself. And I always found that like, oh, that must be crushing. And she said, yeah, I'd, I'd hang out in the lobby until like one minute before the movie starts and I'd, I'd jump in because I didn't want to be seen as that person by myself. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Not at a table, but at a bar, it's fine. Um, So the restaurant industry is very fragmented and we saw that in this week's announcement with McDonald's having a great quarter and Beyond Meat having a horrible quarter. Beyond Meat sells to restaurants. McDonald's has drive-thrus. And that was the difference in the quarter. One goes up and one goes down. Yelp data showed that through August, over 97,000 businesses have permanently closed, including 19,590 restaurants. It is an apocalypse hitting the restaurant industry. And that creates winners and losers. And that's my job is to try to show you more winners than losers. And your job is to try to not jump into losers. We kind of have a deal on this show. You listen, I'll do my best to, to point out where areas are working and not working. The plant Burger? I don't know about that. But I do know I'll be back after these messages. Find me online at com.
1: Comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
2: I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, invested in more. Today is Veterans Day. It is an odd, odd day. It's known as Armistice Day, which I never was able to figure out what the heck does that mean as a child. It is a federal holiday. It honors military veterans. It's known as November 11th is when it's celebrated. And what's interesting about that is it's also Singles Day in China. (laughs) They have a holiday like Amazon Prime Day. Tied towards the singles, and it's cute because it's November 1-1, November 11, 1-1, single, single kind of thing. And you're supposed to honor yourself and buy yourself a gift and say, hey, I'm not in love with anyone, I'm single. Something like that. But Armistice Day is pretty interesting, and I, I don't want to talk too much because this is really just a at this point in time. My father was in the military, and my father was an orphan. Um, he raised his sister in an orphanage. She was in a girl's orphanage. She, he was in a boy's orphanage. He used to like climb out of the orphanage and go and steal her fruit and give her fruit because he loved his sister and was kind of in charge of taking care of her. His father was a boxer, probably alcoholic out of St. Louis, and not a lot of data on the mother. But they put up their kids for, they left them for an orphanage. And ultimately, my father's father was the U.S. Army. When he went to college, the Army paid for it. And then he dedicated his life to the United States Army and rose to the rank of a full colonel. Full bird, as we like to say it. My father would probably have become a general in his life, except for he was an a-hole. No one liked him. He fought back. He fought the system. He was not, he was not an easy guy to get along with. He cared more about his troops people that worked for him than he did about playing the system. My dad taught me a lot of great lessons when my father died and we buried him. um, A lot of women came up to me and he goes, yeah, I was your dad's first secretary. And he made sure I wasn't a secretary for long. He moved me into the workforce along with men. And I'm like, I did not know that. A man would come up to me at my dad's funeral and say, uh, yeah, your dad, on the first day of work, he, he showed me the whole building. He, he made sure I, I was comfortable. And I was like, I did not know that side of my dad. It was kind of wonderful, but the military gave my dad a career. And I bring that up because I got into some heat a couple years ago. As uh, someone I was working with in radio went on air and said, if you're in the military, you're basically a murderer. I'm like, so my dad was a murderer? And that started a fight, and it ended up in HR. Um, what I want to talk about with the military is it's it's a great job, uh, college replacement for a lot of Americans. Total number of active duty military personnel in 2018 was about 1.3 million. If you take a look at statistics on the military, there's a lot of people of color. Uh, whether you're Mexican-American, African-American, Chinese-American – there's a lot of diversity in the military, and I was taught as a, a young child because my dad cared don't ever don't ever bring up dirty words about people's color don't ever say anything negative don't ever say oh you're poor you're you're this or that For my dad, it gave him a great career and it gave him college because he didn't have parents. Unfortunately, it also gave him basically a a breeding ground of alcoholism because when you're in the war, you take care of your people. And when you're out of war, you build like computer networks for the army and other things. Um, And you go to the officer's club. Um, But I'm proud of my dad and I'm proud that he served. Uh, I've got two brothers who use the military to pay for their education. I'm proud of them. It is a great job training program that America has in times of peace, it's, it's wonderful. Uh, I don't know if I said that correctly on how many people are currently in the military, but if you find yourself at the end of high school and go, well, I don't really have the money for college, I always join the military, and they'll train you to be a computer technician. They'll train you to be a surgeon. They'll train you. Uh, it's a great jobs training program, and I know it's, it's the weirdest way to look at that, but that's the way I look at everything, kind of in a weird lens. Anyway, um, happy Veterans Day. Is that can you even say that? Um, to this day, you know my favorite movies that I watch again and again and again. Things like Saving Private Ryan. Um, I don't know what it is about the Call of Duty, but it works for me in movies. And I go, thank God I don't have to do that. You know, it was an interesting movie, and I throw this out there because I tend not to know history terribly, terribly, terribly well at times. Uh, The Midway movie that came out on the Battle of the Pacific and how the United States got into war with Japan Um, and how our Navy was basically decimated due to Pearl Harbor. And basically, we had three or four carriers left, and Japan had like 80 and somehow we pulled that off. I didn't, know it was that, I didn't know it was that statistically improbable, but apparently it was. That was a very weird movie, by the way. Uh, came out a couple years ago, one of those big blockbusters. It was a war movie that I don't think I saw one ounce of blood in. <laughs> it's like, how did they pull that off? Because Saving Private Ryan, like, guts are flying everywhere, intestines are falling out of bodies. And... Anyway, I've, I've rambled a little bit too long on the military. I'm sorry. Boeing is having orders canceled, but their stock is flying higher because their double whammy is about to be over. Now, the stock is still down bigly from its all-time highs. But COVID-19, there's a vaccine around the corner. So six to nine months from now, we should feel safe flying again. Will we be flying again in six to nine months? Well, some of us will. Some of us won't. In two years, more of us will. more of us. Will, some of us won't. In three years, most of us will. Very few won't. That's kind of the way we're projecting out the next few years in airline travel. It was not lost on me that today the, the vaccine was announced that United Airlines said, whoa, we're adding 1,400 flights back on the board for Thanksgiving. I'm like, that seems a little early, but it's not lost on me. So Boeing's double whammy, for lack of a better word, I don't like using whammy as a financial term, but I guess I have to in this one. Is COVID-19 in the 737 MAX grounding? 737 MAX is going to be recertified by the end of November. And that's good news. The question is confidence down the road. They're going to have to change the name of that plane to kind of get it out of people's heads. Isn't that the one that crashed? It needs to be called the 737 Impervious Crashing Plane. Something like that to make us feel good about it. Um, But they're on the road to recovery. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Coming up, Mr. O'Hare, Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com. I'm Roberto Negro y Doleros. We'll take a break. We'll be back in uno momento, which is Spanish for one moment.
1: Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
3: We don't deal with outsiders very well. They say have a certain smell. Yeah, trust issues not to mention. They say they can smell your intentions. On the freak I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Some weird it
2: is my favorite segment of the week. Patrick O'Hare. Mr. O'Hare is with briefing.com. He gives some perspective on the markets, both internationally and domestically. It's great perspective because it i think it's kind of calming you're kind of like my smart uncle when it comes to money and always dig it how are you mr o'hare hey good morning rob i'm doing well thank you got a very nice email about you this week and i'll I'll forward it on to you that not only are you my favorite segment but you're one of my listeners favorite segments as well
3: Well, i appreciate that thank you very much
2: so the election's over woo (laughs) (laughs) Um, is it and the markets are roaring higher nonstop, right Or where are we at now with the elections, the markets, the stimulus, the COVID, the vaccine? Those are all things that you and I have been swimming in for the last few months and trying to wait for resolution.
3: Right. Well, um, I think everyone knows from the headlines kind of where we are in the election. Um, The market, however, has uh, already, you know, declared it over. Um, and, you know, you have a market that is rallying on the notion that you will see a President Biden and that you will, in all likelihood, see a split Congress. And because of that, you're probably not going to see a lot of major legislative changes, namely, uh, changes, adverse changes to tax policy. Uh, and that, that's been a, a, a source of relief for this stock market. Um, and, you know, that's just an objective view of things. Um, it, you know, you can see it in the price action, um, you know, as it relates certainly to the political assessment. Now, as it relates to the coronavirus, um, I alluded in my page one column this morning that this market is not bothered by the coronavirus as it exists in the here and now. Instead, it's being governed by what it expects to happen to the coronavirus in 2021, namely that it starts getting um, neutralized in a way with the arrival of a, of a COVID vaccine. And that's clearly been reflected in the price action as well. The objective analysis is evident uh, when you look at the performance of the small caps and the cyclicals and the value stocks, uh, which have done terrific uh, since we heard the news on Monday from Pfizer that it's vaccine has proven to be more than 90% effective. Uh, that's great news. There's no question about it. Obviously, there are still some issues around that particular vaccine, um, you know, in terms of distribution, storage, uh, efficacy, and longevity. Uh, but nonetheless, the market is a, a, uh you know, affixing a real strong belief that that will be the answer we've all been waiting for. And now it's just a matter of it getting into you know, widespread distribution.
2: What's on the agenda for what moves the market next? Because I think you and I have kind of said the elections need to be, have a result. Will there be a blue sweep? Will there not? A blue wave? Then we get the COVID vaccine positive data. As we move into 2021, I've heard the term transition year. I saw some S&P 500 earnings expectations yesterday that basically put them about exactly even where we were at 2019, 2020. It's going to be a down for earnings, but 2021 back to 2019 levels. As we get into that transition year, what's the catalyst or what are you looking for? It's, it's kind of the end-of-the-year prediction I'm looking for, I guess. Well, now
3: you need confirmation of everything okay. that's being priced in. Now, um, so to speak, now, now, having said that, you might say, OK, well, if you we get the confirmation then you don't go anywhere. Right. You've already priced it in. But uh the, the key variable will be the persistence of low interest rates, because if you get the confirmation of the pickup in earnings growth and economic growth, the arrival of the COVID vaccine, um, you can can see an unleashing of additional, I guess we could call them animal spirits, uh, revolving around the notion that we can get back to some sense of normalcy at some point in 2021, you know, really uh, leading to higher stock prices uh, that are able to ride on, uh, you know, the backbone of low interest rates. Um, you know, I point out for your listeners this morning, you know, Goldman Sachs has come out and set a, a price target for the S&P 500 of 4,300 by the end of 2021. Saw that. That's more than 20% higher from where we started today, which is obviously very encouraging to hear. Um, but you referenced the earnings estimates uh, for next year are, are just slightly higher than what we saw in 2019. Uh, the latest number I saw was about $168 per share. Well, if you look at a 4,300 price in the s 500, you know where that leaves you trading on a, on a PE multiple? You're at about 26 times wow. uh, Two thousand. 2021 earnings, right? So there's, you know, that's going to have to be driven by animal spirits and the persistence of low interest rates. So, um, you know, so we have to be cognizant too. You know, you're going you're going to have some valuation issues. You already do, but if you're going to get such uh, you know, capital appreciation, price driven cap- capital appreciation and multiple expansion. You really need to see interest rates stay very low, and you really need to see the earnings growth uh, probably exceed what we're, we're expected to see in 2021 as it stands right now.
2: I'm going to assume interest rates stay low because Jerome Powell has said so with Federal Reserve through the yeah. end of 2022, I think he said. But mm-hmm. it's an assumption, and we all know how that plays out sometimes. I read a column yesterday at briefing.com that I really dug. It was part of your story stocks, which I don't think is written by one person but by a team. Uh-huh. And in the story stock they talked about, the headline was Rotation from stay-at-home stocks to reopening plays makes mall-based REITs worth a look. Now REITs are a real estate investment trust. In this case, it's a bunch of malls that are saying, like, we're going to share our profits with the shareholders. Um, it's a way of owning commercial real estate without actually having a big mortgage. It's publicly traded um but the thing that st- struck me is and i guess i want your comment on the stay at home stocks versus the reopening plays are you buying into that is it real is it something our listeners should be paying attention to yeah you know i i think it is something uh, listeners should be paying attention
3: to um you know there was such a, a lopsided bias <clears throat> uh during the initial phase of this pandemic in terms of favoring the stay-at-home, work-from-home type companies. And while we're now in the midst of what some epidemiologists are calling, you know, the darkest winter uh, ahead that we've ever seen, uh, specifically relates to rising coronavirus cases, uh, the stock market nonetheless keeps favoring, you know, these recovery plays. And, uh, and it does sound as if you know, Pfizer is on a very good path toward getting approval of its vaccine and, and you can kind of see over the, over the horizon, if you will, to, um, uh, better treatments, uh, better vaccine options that can kind of help restore confidence, uh, that it's safe to go out to a restaurant, that it's safe to go to a mall, that it's safe to go to a gym, you know, and, and knowing that you, you have protection and, um, and that's, that's a great thing. You know, and I think you're going to start to see uh, more outperformance from from those uh, stocks that have been left behind during the course of this pandemic. Uh, it may not be linear, but I think you're going to see more exposure and money managers adding uh, adding exposure to those areas in anticipation of a, of a stronger earnings pickup for those particular for those particular companies.
2: Is there anything that you're working on that you want to share with our listeners? We've got about two minutes left.
3: Well, um, you know, there's, there is, uh, as you know, Rob, I mean, there's so much to talk about right now, I think. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> um, you know, one of the things that has struck me here uh, of late and kind of maybe even danced around a little bit and talking about animal spirits and whatnot is that, uh, the market does seem kind of primed, you know, from a behavioral standpoint from a, to, to try and stage a, a nice year end rally here as it looks over the horizon. And we've already come a long way in a short amount of time here, but uh, might be potential to see even more as the market remains overbought into year end.
2: Thanks for joining me. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. You can find him online at briefing.com it's a reliable source of international and domestic news there's a lot going on at briefing.com from analyst notes to story stocks to page one to the week in review to the big picture Um, i've always dug the work that they've done and they've they've changed very little in the last 20 years every now and then maybe a little twist to the site but it's a Pretty good site uh, for financial information. You can find it online at briefing.com. Uh, one of the things that Patrick O'Hare was bringing up is the term animal spirits and bull and bear. A bear market is a down market. A bull market is a rising market. Um, it kind of goes back into that whole <laughs> Republican elephant, Democrat donkey thing that you go, what's the history there? Uh, there was a writer in uh, England who basically saw uh, what traders looked like when they're excited and referred to them as bulls, and what is known as a bear—you know, going and caving up and holding up for winter because it's cold and trying to protect yourself—was the down market. I don't know about all that, but it is what it is. I'm Rob Black talking all things, financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. You can find Patrick O'Hare and the Briefing.com crew at briefing.com. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Champagne spilling you should taste it. I'm so fancy. You already know I'm in the best lane. From LA to Tokyo. I'm so fancy.
0: Can't you taste this game?
2: Every time
0: a pride remains, another one begins. And the stone was all this.
1: We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220
2: KDOW. I wish I could do a 20-hour show for you. That's how much I love talking about this stuff. I love Patrick O'Hare. He's honestly like a brother figure to me. I've never met him face-to-face. I promise when I'm done with radio, I'm flying to Chicago and I'm buying him a beer. But before then, I got too much going on. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I hate some of the headlines that I see crossing my path right now because I just want to talk stocks and investing. So when the politics gets in it, it's like, oh, it's the worst part of my job. It's like making sausage. Throw a beak in there. Throw a hoof in there. Oh, we got an extra tail laying around. Let's put it in the sausage maker. It's disgusting. I hate talking about it. Georgia's Secretary of State announces a full by-hand recount of presidential election votes as Biden leaves. Ah. Uh, Can we just elect a president for a lifetime so we don't have to go through this all the time? Kidding. I'm kidding. Jokey. It's a jokey. Um, We're going to have another stimulus bill. And what I want out of it is infrastructure. Um, I think we've already done the let's give people money. Let's do small business loans. We could probably do another round of that for sure. But also I want some of the spending to go into roads and infrastructure projects. The types of materials being used in major infrastructure projects are changing. Um, Low carbon smart pipes that could be deployed. Um, It's a collaboration, I guess you would say, between the academia of the world and the business. Sensors are being put into pipes. The tech can be used to detect and report changes in environmental conditions, gas leaks, and other things that can save lives and improve conditions. I like infrastructure spending. Because when you say, let's go print a trillion dollars, you're giving that guy who left radio two years ago because he got downsized or right-sized, and you're giving him a job to say, hey, you want to make 20 bucks an hour? You're going to go work hard for it. You're going to use a shovel and throw dirt around. I love that. It it solves two problems. It gives someone who's been out of work for a long time a job, and it it goes to improving our, our infrastructure. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, And again, as we rebuild our country every few years, I, I like the fact that we're putting sensors in things. OPEC has cut its 2020 oil demand forecast on rising COVID cases. They see a slower recovery next year. OPEC, the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, which is basically a cartel. And when I say the word cartel, you think of like Mexican drug lords, you think, People controlling the cocaine market. You know, I've never tried cocaine. Do you know why I never tried cocaine? Because I probably would have liked it. (laughs) Isn't that a funny thing to say out loud? Internal editor on. Um, OPEC said it expects world oil demand to contract by about 9.8 million barrels a day. Um, Oil has been one of the Biggest winners this week. Huge. All announced on the COVID news, right? How good has oil been this week? The answer is real good. Up 17%. Oh, did he just say, had I bet on oil at the start of the week, I'd be up 17%? And it's not even Wednesdays over yet? <laughs> beep, beep. Joe Biden. Has a plan. Beep, beep. I love that when he was giving his speech and the cars were beeping. I loved it. We should re- we should replace sports arenas and instead instead going, woo, you suck. We should just do beeps in the in the crowd going forward. Just my opinion, because when you yell, you tend to spit. When you spit, you tend to get other people diseases. So I like the idea of horns. And you can have like car horns. Give everyone a car horn and they could be different ones. You know, like a really short one of your angry, uh, a really long one of your bored. I don't know. But energy stocks are up 17% this week. Financial stocks are up 8%. Now, that's pretty damn good. But OPEC just said we're cutting our expectations a little bit. And again, going back to the cartel example that I didn't really get to finish in my head because I got sidetracked talking about delicious cocaine. No, I'm kidding. Um, I did get sidetracked, but they control how much oil comes out of the ground and how much oil goes into the market. They can't control the demand, and COVID has crushed the demand, crushing oil prices. But now their uh, oil prices are coming back. It's it's a play for 2021. I hate saying it because I love tech. Tech, tech, tech. Yummy, yummy, yummy. In my belly. Tech, tech, tech. But I think the reopening trade beats tech next year. I think oil beats tech. Not across the board. Uh, Not every single play. But you know who else wins? Financials. Uh, Financial companies have lent money to a a local restaurant. Okay, we're going to give you money for new ovens, but you got to pay us back, and then they can't pay them back during the pandemic. Okay, we're going to give you money for a credit card so you can go buy groceries, but you got to pay it back. And people can't pay it back during the pandemic. Financial stocks are big winners, it looks like. That's what this week has told us. The reopening trade when Pfizer broke the news on a vaccine that's highly effective, the reopening trades took off. And that's just the first two days. Now, again, I think it's going to be slower than everyone expects. And I think the next four months is going to be a poop show, literally like a, a Roomba robot running over a pile of dog poop. It just It's disgusting. I, I don't think the next four months are going to be good. But slightly thereafter, it starts to get a little bit better and a little bit better. And it's called the reopening trade. Do you, should your portfolio have a massive shift in it? I don't think massive. I don't like anything massive. I'm not bigly into big. I'm moderately into moderate. But yeah, your, your portfolio should have some different things other than what's worked in the past year. Just saying. That's what OJ says whenever he sends out a tweet. He goes, Just saying. I like the Miami Dolphins this week in football. Just saying. <laughs> You're like, What are you doing? What, what's that all about? Just saying. I'm Rob Black doing a bad OJ impression. Find me online at RobBlackShow.com. That's Show. Robblackshow.